It's the show with many links to pens and ink. That's right, folks. It's us here again. Welcome you to the Nib section, the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Uh, it's my lucky day as uh, my wish list is all here with us this episode. That's right. Returning hosts galore. Uh, first off, our uh, fearless leader back uh, briefly between big trips, Diana. Welcome back. Hello. Good to see you again, Chuck. Uh, generous benefactor lending us her lounge room once again, Sharon. Hello, good to be here. Uh, we also have an off-mic uh, guest that I'll introduce a bit later. I have next with us uh, our illustrator-in-chief, Melissa. Welcome back, Melissa. Thank you for having me. And uh, finally, a collector of uh, pens as a micro, but collects hobbies as a macro. It's, uh, it's a hobbyist extraordinaire, Brian. <laughs> hello, hello, good to be back. Uh, lastly, uh, as always, it's myself, Chuck Montano, and uh, I'm either thinking, inking, or drinking. Um, you may hear some squeaking in the background. Squeaking and woofing. Yep, uh, because uh, Sharon's uh, new little pup has uh, found a squeaky frog and has decided to show it who's boss. Uh, Sharon, if you want to tell everyone about your, your new pup. Uh, so he has an Instagram. Everyone feel free to follow him on Instagram. I post nothing but dog pictures on that Instagram. So if you don't want pens and just want dogs. Oh, sorry. If you just want pens and... <laughs> We've just mis- <laughs> we've been discussing some uh, mic etiquette uh, in advance. So it's a well-known fact out of all of the uh, presenters here that I have the least amount of mic etiquette, and I make things very difficult for Diana when she's editing because I have a tendency to move my head around. You have and em- emphatic head movements. I, yeah. I have dramatic and emphatic head movements whenever I talk. And as a result, it makes Diana's life very difficult. But um, yes, so Sebastian's joining us today. He has just come from puppy school. We've had to reschedule this particular recording to make way for uh, his morning schedule. So, yes. (laughs) Today, it's a a holiday gift guide uh, closing out 2018. And we did one of these last year. I'm going to be interested to find out how some of some of these recommendations go. We're not doing in exactly the same format as last year. We're doing a, um, a more more streamlined version. What is uh, what is everybody writing with today? Let's uh, let's start with Brian, maybe. Um, just sipping down the bubbly. Um, so when we say we're inking and drinking, that's no joke because we're actually inking and drinking. Yeah, I've decided to join today, <laughs> uh, which which I don't always. But uh, what are you writing with today, Brian? Okay, um, this is one of my new pens that I got after five months of dry spell. Is that the right term, dry spell? No? Anyways, um, abstinence. abstinence. Okay. So I came back from Japan fully loaded with a lot of inks and a couple of pens. So I thought might not buy anything, but this one is one of the few that I just got last month. It's Pilot Deluxe. Finally, I actually know what the um, model is after a consultation with Inquisitive Quill. Um, so this is a Pilot Deluxe striped rolled gold in a medium nib. And it was made in 1976. So it is a vintage, I suppose. Melissa, what are you writing with today? Uh, I'm using the Omas Arte Italiana Vision in liquid blue. And it's inked with Magnate Blue, which is the only ink it's ever had in it. Oh, the only one? Yeah. We, we have a... A permanent pairing. Yes, it matches it. So Great, great. Sharon, what about you? What are you writing with today? 
Well, we're at my place, so I can whip out something that's probably a little bit ostentatious if I were to take this elsewhere. Uh, this is a Nakaya desk pen in Kurotame. And for one thing, it's the longest pen I own. And that looks more like a wand than my giraffe. Come on. It does look rather wand-like. It's got a very lovely um, Kuro Tamenuri um, Urushi finish. And this one actually has my name on it. It was the Ooh. first custom, I think it was the first custom na- Nakaya that I ever got. It's got a soft fine nib on it and is currently inked with the, the Little Prince ink. Um, Encre ah. du Desert. Excuse my French. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice uh, ink, actually. It's um, it's one that doesn't have any sheen to it. It's got a lot of shading, um, but it's in this really odd sp- part of the spectrum where it's kind of purple, kind of brown. It was a really nice color. Anti-mainstream because it's no sheen. Yes, and it doesn't actually have a lot of shading either. It's just a solid colour. I think it's one of the better ones that um, Mont Blanc has come out with in the recent years. I'm I'm going to get you to go last, because uh, I think you've brought the... Uh, you've definitely had... You've made a few acquisitions. I might go on and then take up the rest of the episode yeah. if you let me. <laughs> um, so I actually have an embarrassment of riches today. I brought every pen that I have, but I'm not including all of them. I brought them because... Uh, well, you'll find out why when, when Diana lists hers. But uh, what I am writing with today, I have two things. Um, I have an Aurora 365 Optima Azura with a uh, CEF nib, um, which we mentioned a few and uh, I got recently um, real happy with. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that later. But I also have a little, a little act of penance, which is a Pelican K320 ballpoint that I've brought with me um, in the vibrant orange. But I bring that as a reminder because recently, uh, after a nursing shift uh, on the way home, I lost a pen sleeve with uh, a platinum and an omas on the train or the bus i'm not sure because i was exhausted and teary face many oh, many many teary it's, faces it's sad. i have mourned uh but you will find out uh you will find out more about that a little bit later but yes the, the i mean the platinum is not nice but the the omas is the one that stings well uh the one you lost was the cocktail the, the vodka, vodka lemon, lemon. Correct. I do have one of those, you, you know. Yeah, I, I and I will I, continue teasing I you with do, it. I do. You can have visitation <laughs> rights occasionally. <laughs> uh, anyway, Diana, what are you? Oh, sorry. In the Azura, I have uh, Kujaku, and in my K three twenty ballpoint, um, I just have a Lamy Black M twenty one cartridge. I have to say, for listeners, it's this shockingly vibrant, gorgeous orangey yellow, which is. Almost the same color, I think, as this, um, the Aurora Soul material. Al- almost. It's a, it's a slightly different... Um, the resin... Uh, well, the, the Aurora... The, the patterns between the two are slightly different. The colors are the same, but the way that the mixtures uh, sort of swirl within the uh, material are different. But uh, it's pretty great. And I, I got it just before the Vibrant Orange came out. It's insanely tiny. Yeah, it's, like it's a bird's eye chili. It's just for work, essentially. I keep it on my collar, and it it's there to write on uh, IV labels, 
uh, because uh, I actually need a ballpoint for that. Very nice. And it's very hard to lose, I imagine, in that yes, color. Yes, yes. Well, which brings me over to Diana. Uh, what are you writing with today? Okay, so I, like Brian, have been on a bit of a dry spell um, for most of this so year. So that is the actual term for it then? Yes, dry spell, abstinence, whatever you want to call it. Well, abstinence doesn't work. I think we've... <laughs> Yeah, if you try to force it, it just doesn't work. So um, I haven't bought a pen for a few months now, but last weekend, so we're recording this on the 17th or the 18th? 18th. It's the 18th. 18th so. um, the, on the Sunday. And last weekend, I spent a day and a half in Hong Kong. I went there with a bit of a shopping list, actually. And so I, I met up with Leo, friend of the pod, um, a friend in Hong Kong. He met me at the railway station in Kowloon. I met him the next morning for the Saturday Hong Kong uh, morning pen meets. And after that, we went to a few of his favorite stores that I, um, he suggested I go to. Because on my shopping list that I uh, messaged Leo with was specifically an Aurora calligraphy nib. And this is the same nib that Chuck has the, been eyeing as well. The CEF, I the, believe. The, the C-nibs. Um, so the, the calligraphy nibs, I think we mentioned them a few episodes ago when we were talking about Japanese pen shows and other things with uh, Leo. They are Aurora's version of a like a knife nib. Um, it's nata, kind of, it? it's a naginata-like grind. It writes a bit like an architect nib. So the, the crossed stroke is broader than the downstroke and depending on how the cut is made it can be quite sharp um, and italic like in the reverse direction of a normal italic and they come in cf cf and cm and on this one day in uh, one visit to a store in hong kong i managed to find both the CEF and the CF and all I'm missing now is the CM. Leo has already said that he will keep an eye out on that for me. I must say the pictures from your trip looks like a reality TV show. Like, <laughs> oh, look at this store. What can I buy in 24 hours? <laughs> There'd definitely be a, like a sped up montage of you guys walking between stores. Yes. So, okay, uh, that's the long story. The short version is what I'm writing with right now is... My favorite acquisition from that trip, it's a Aurora Dante's Inferno limited edition, um, I think is from the early 2000s. It's numbered um, 823 out of, I don't remember how many, um, probably a few thousand, and it's got the CEF nib on it, which I have to say is pretty marvelous and I'm looking forward to I'm, comparing I'm real, it with I'm Chuck's. real happy with mine. Yeah. Yes, because I, I really like architect grinds. I think um, when they're done in a way that suits the angle of writing, works fine for running writing yeah. as well as for um, block lettering. Yeah. And this one is really quite crisp. It delivers a little bit of uh, line variation depending on the angle that you hold it. Yeah. And... It's just very well tuned. Um, not always the case with Aurora nibs right out of the box. And it's on this gorgeous body um, with rose it gold is trim. One of the most Italian pens I've ever seen. Is uh, Yes, but not Italian, not so Italian as to be like decidedly gaudy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's it's like very well put together, but it's it's definitely it's not over the it doesn't Sharon's just scribbling with it. <laughs> it doesn't immediately catch um, uh, out of the, the things that you've got here, it's not particularly bright, but it is 
like eye-catchingly decorated. Yes. So that's got the CEF in it. Um, the other one that I'm riding with is the CF, which is a rhodium-plated, uh, rhodium-coloured nib. I was lucky to be able to match this with a Aurora pen body that I also really wanted, and that was on the wish list. So I have the CF on a, uh, this is a, I think a Taiwan or an Asia limited edition Optima model called Sun Moon Lake. Uyuetang. Yes, uh, Uyuetang is um, a lake in Taiwan. It is this, I don't know how to describe this celluloid. It looks um, like an iceberg. That's from my eye. Yes, yeah, like, like cracked ice. It's got quite a bit of translucency to it. Like if you bought a fancy salt at like an upmarket <laughs> grocer. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's it's really quite interesting. Um, it's like this pale bluey green with... It's a bit of two coins in between. It looks like rocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I originally had ruled out the Sun Moon Lake because I was like, oh, I have the Azura and I have a... I have a blue Aurora Optima, but they are starkly different. Very different. They're so different. Not at all similar. No, we'll post a picture of that later. But uh, I actually compared my Sun Moon Lake with Leo's, and his is decidedly more blue. There's, so uh, aren't there, there's three models of the Sun Moon Lake. Um, Am I there are that? four, I think. Okay. So yes. some with rose gold trim and some with rhodium. There's rose gold, gold, rhodium. And then there's a special version which has a lacquered um, – it's got a lacquer on the cat band. Yeah. So it's actually got a blue lacquer on the cat oh, band. Oh, yeah, no, I have seen the picture I, of that I'm one. pretty sure that one is also sterling silver trim. Possibly. Yeah. I had my eye on the rose gold and I came very close to asking Diana to purchase one of these for me. The rose gold looked great. I don't have a rose gold pen and on this model I, I, was, I thought it fit really well. I really wanted the rhodium. Um, but I didn't see one in the photo and I particularly... I took the only rhodium. Well, I actually wanted one with um, a flex nib on it. And unfortunately, things didn't work out in that the flex nib didn't quite match um, the trim of the yes, pen. the rose gold one. Yeah. I found a flex nib that was originally on a Aurora 88 with gold trim. But um, I think the store owner said that the rose gold had tarnished a little bit on the nib so it was a different color of rose gold yeah mm. it's like the top and the bottom didn't match they use slightly different shades of the the rose gold and the the gold i think they uh, aurora pen put out a post recently um in the past couple of weeks about that someone asking oh okay yeah yeah they Bec use slightly between different, different pens yeah yeah um because someone someone had put up a picture of the marte the the red yeah let's go with that <laughs> yeah sure um and they'd said that it was a, a different shade. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple of our Instagram followers have uh, expressed an interest in hearing us talk about Aurora Nibs uh, and uh, Quadrupod and Shiny Cactus uh, in particular. Um, I haven't had a chance to compare these, the Calligraphy EF to the uh, Naginata recently. Sharon's just passing me. I, um, I will post some photos of writing samples on our Instagram and Facebook when this uh, episode goes live. But I did have a quick scribble and um, I only have one Naginata from Sailor. Um, that's the Naginata MF. And my guess is that it was one of the older um, Naginata MFs 
that was ground by Nagahara Senior. So it's more on the rounded side um, as opposed to the like less blobby Naginata nibs, which are ground by Nagahara Junior. And so compared with the Aurora calligraphy nibs, I actually found the calligraphy nibs from Aurora to be sharper and it gave more line variation. Yeah, that's what I'm angle. seeing now with the uh, medium fine that Sharon has passed me. But there is less of that sort of feedbacky yes. sensation with the sailor. Which is surprising, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then both brands are, are known for having a bit of feedback to their nibs. These two, are, uh, like last year was my, my year of pilots. And this year might be my year of Sailor Aurora. We'll, uh, Sailor Aurora. Yeah, Sailor, Sailor Aurora. Aurora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, later on, in the after the episode, we'll take a picture of our uh, Borealis of Auroras, uh, which is my, my attempt at a collective noun. Um, <laughs> But uh, let's get into uh, our news and feedback. The Melbourne International Pen Show will be this Sunday, uh, 25th of November at uh, Malvern Town Hall. I might be going. You might be going. I might be going. Sharon, what about you? You were a maybe last time as well? I'm still a maybe. Still a maybe. Still a maybe. I have a a fur son who needs to be looked after. Of course. One thing I want to um, say about the Melbourne Pen Show is that, like I said, I might be going to the show. I I have booked tickets or reserved tickets, but I haven't confirmed my availability yet. So in lieu of um, me and I think Mark and Sophia, who helped me produce the Melbourne Pen Show episode last year, I am working with Alastair and Mel, friends of the pod in Melbourne, and they will be conducting interviews with attendees at the Melbourne Pen Show um, on the day. So look out for Alastair and Mel, who will be probably wandering around the show with their iPhones. And um, if they ask to talk to you, don't feel nervous about it. They're really nice people and um, they'll treat you well and you can hear yourself on the podcast. Weigh, weigh in on the show uh, as it's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I mean, I was going to bring this up, but uh, you had you had this interaction, uh, Dai, so maybe, maybe you can let us know um, some of the comments from Daryl Lim, uh, the founder of Musubi Atelier on uh, the Pen Addict Select, in response to our last episode on paper. I only added this into the show notes this morning because it only happened on the Pen Addict Slack this morning. So Daryl, who is founder of Musubi Atelier, who makes these gorgeous um, notebooks with uh, Tomoe River 52 GSM paper, he wrote on the Slack, quote, the rumour that Hobonichi gets sakei, I don't know how to pronounce Sakai. Sakai, I'm sorry. Uh, the rumour that Hominichi gets Sakai to apply a different coding to their version of Tomoe River is incorrect. What is true is that Hobonichi uses the Teco grade paper, which behaves ever so slightly differently from the FP grade. End quote. And my understanding is that there are at least two different versions, two different products of 52GSM Tomoe River, one which is called the Teco grade and one which is the FP grade. And a lot of notebook makers in Japan and around Asia use the Teco grade. So that includes Hobonichi, Nanami, uh, well, Daryl guesses that Nanami also uses Teco and certainly Musubi uses the Teco grade. I don't know. So I 
and I think I, I may have been the one who mentioned the rumour around the Hobonichi and I can't recall where I'd actually read this but um, I thought it was a different coating. It may have just been the style of printing but there's something about the Hobonichi uh, Techo paper that is different to other um uh, Tomoe River notebook paper. I think I think it's true. I think what Daryl is saying that this is not something that's done specifically for Hobonichi, but it's just a different uh, product to the okay. the loose leaf Tomoe River that yeah. you can otherwise buy. And I've, I've actually found that even with uh, the Nanami paper Seven Seas, which I, I'm actually a big fan of the Nanami uh, Seven Seas notebooks. I find the paper quality in that is still different to the Hobonichi. So if those two are using the same grade of Techo paper or if one's using FP grade versus Techo grade paper, um, there, there is a difference between the two. Um, and I actually, I don't know, uh, this isn't confirmed by Daryl or anyone else, um, Tomo River is shrouded with this veil of secrecy it sometimes feels like but my guess my I don't know my theory is that perhaps because Tom, uh, Hobonichi actually goes through an extra step which is the printing stage mm. so they process the raw material again when they print the you know the the grid and the actual calendar and things onto it that might add something to the paper yeah, that contributes to yeah to its its properties yeah potentially um i don't know what it is and it probably is a combination of all of the above but there is something different about hobonichi paper compared to all of the other types of of course to most people who use tomo river it's it's not a it's difference that really makes a difference no no it's not a deal breaker in any way shape or form it's just that hobonichi gives you that little extra bit of something so uh, thanks, Daryl, for your comment and um, your insider knowledge. That's really appreciated. Another email that we got from listeners was an email from Nicholas Gold, our friend in Melbourne. He wrote, following on from your last podcast, here's a challenging question for you. Um, he's, he's referring to our episode on Frankenpens. Uh, Nicholas asks, is the ASC collection, that is the Armando, Sim- Armando Simone collection, Sorry, Armani. Is is the ASC collection a collection of Frankenpans? And he he puts three question marks under this. So he really, really wants to know. (laughs) Um, This is the episode where Max was on. And we don't have Max here with us today. But um, Chuck, you go first and I'll find Max's comments. Uh, Look, I'm going to say that I think in like in some ways it's a little bit of a Frankenpan, but I don't necessarily think that's the... That's a bad thing. But I, I think what what it kind of is, is it's more like upcycling, isn't it? It's like the remainder of it's the it's like remaining materials left over from from uh Omas uh that they're trying to put into an, a new pen or or to make use of. I mean I mean I'm not particularly moved by the ASC stuff, but I can see like what they're trying to do and it's a great pen. Yeah. So I have I have actually seen a couple of these. I've been fortunate enough to handle a few of the ASC pens that Costa owns. Um, and I was pretty torn by this particular question, even though when it was posed, I think I had a decided, yes, it's a Franken-Pen uh, response. Um, similar to what you were saying, Chuck, I do think it's quite a, 
it's upcycling. Yeah. But there are certain elements of this pen where it was designed to be a baton, for instance. I was going to say that, but I thought it might be a bit too harsh. <laughs> well, it's designed to be a baton. And I I think it's hard to uh, argue that it's a Franken-pen because people actually came up with this particular design when they were upcycling yeah. the materials and the other bits and pieces from OMAS. There's a few parts there that are like callbacks or kind of references to the kind of where that uh, material or the design originates. And some of the bodies are specifically um, designed to replicate iconic omas yeah. you know shapes and i think that note is where it gets like a little hazy yeah i think like the in when you say frankenpens it's literally recalling dr frankenstein they are reviving using parts from the old to create like a new thing that's a callback to the original it's sort of like necromancy a little yeah. <laughs> Can you still call it a collaboration if one of the parties is no longer in existence? <laughs> I cannot give consent. Because <laughs> it, it felt like like exactly that. It's It has the body of another company, but it feels like a different A desecration company. of the corpse? Uh, it, yeah, it, it's, there's a salvage I wouldn't say component. desecration. There's, there's like a salvage component um, to, to it. And like I said, I haven't handled them. They look... They look nice, but I, I had a similar reaction that I have to with Pelican pens, where I'm like, everything is there that I should like, but it's not, it hasn't lined up entirely for me. The, actually, the biggest thing that I noticed from handling one of those ASC um, Arcos is that um, the way the cap twists is very different to what Omas used to be. Yes, and um, it, I don't know, it, I think there was like seven twists that you need to open that pen. For the ASC? Yes, for the ASC, but Omas, you only need like three twists or something. Okay, I'm going to read Max's comments. Um, when, when I showed him the email, uh, he wrote in Discord, Max says, he says, uh, okay, I'm inclined to say no. I'll explain my thoughts in about 10 minutes. Blah, blah, blah. I'm saying it's not a Franken pen because they're produced in number. There is design intent and there's a number of models produced with variation within each model, like any other pen brand. So, I don't know. I mean, I... I mean, you can mass produce a, 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 a Franken, Franken pen. pen. Yeah, because uh, I'm thinking of, for example, the Peyton Street pen... Um, what they were selling, yeah, the, 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 the Ranger bodies. The Ranger, yeah, I was the just going to say that. The one that we were yeah. talking about uh, prior. Yeah, that's that's like decidedly Very similar, a mass-produced right? Franken-Pen. Um, and it's, whereas in this case, it's salvaging of like body materials. In that case, it's like salvaging of nibs. Well, um, I think the only part that they use from OMAS is the, the rods, right? The rods of yeah, celluloid. Yeah. Um, they, they and don't some have of the, the same clips. Nibs. And some of the clips. And yeah. some of the clips. Notice, they have the roller clips. I did clip. notice the, the roller clips, yeah. Yeah, but they've run out of roller clips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've run, no, actually, I think there was an announcement about it a while ago which said um, they've run out of roller clips, so they've got a different clip for the newest release. I, I wonder if they use the Dharma clip for that baton. ASC because the clip looks very small for that body. Well, the baton's very big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they should have used must, a bigger clip. OMS didn't make any pens that were equally big, unless you count the 360, and that has a very different clip. Yeah, true. So, uh, my 
my thought is, yes, it's definitely a Frankenpen. But Frankenpen doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a derogatory term. It, it covers a wide range of things. And just because the ASC collection doesn't you know, personally appeal to me, it's, it's, it's still valid. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like 60, 40 for yes, no on this one. I haven't, I haven't like come in, down. In response to Val Max's, is a no. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just a no because they have the raw products and I think they could have done something much more interesting with them. No. That's a bit You're harsh. You're saying no that it is a Frankenpen? Oh. Uh, she's saying- I say no it's a Frankenpen and no, I think they could have done something more interesting okay. with yeah, the products that they have. Yeah. I actually think the pens themselves are beautiful. They're lovely. They're just not for everyone. And if I were to hold and try and use one of these pens, um, it wouldn't end well, if I could put it that way. It's... Uh, I, they must have had a specific user in mind when they designed the body shape, size, and like diameter of this particular pen because it is massive. Yes. And, and I've used a Kona giraffe before, and I find the Kona giraffe easier to weld. What's Look, the- I'm, I'm sure Andre the Giant had designed things when he was, he was still around. Like. What's the name of that? Um, those really, really huge knit, huge pens that look quite similar to the ASC um, cigar pens, but they have the big sailor nibs on them. Oh, oh gosh. The, col- the king of pens? No, 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 no. <laughs> Is that the one for, for the elderly? The LSL. Oh, the uh, classic pens. The classic pens. Um, LB. L- yes, LB5? Lambro. The yeah. Lambro Andreas limited editions. Lambro. Yes, they remind me of that. But like the, really the, massive, massive the pens. The ones are really nice to use as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. There's something nicely balanced about all of these. The ASC is extremely wonky in terms of the balance if you don't have a, a man's man's hand. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, They're really self-selecting their users there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you, you're finished and uh, you know, after a long day chopping down trees and you want to jot down thoughts in your journal... <laughs> <laughs> You'd really go to an Arco Verde or an Arco yeah, Brown, yeah, yeah. right? Um, actually, have you seen the ones that Newton pens made? The Prospector. Uh, the one yes. with the facets. The Prospector. Yes, that one looks really nice, I think. Is that the three-faceted one? Yes. Um, it's, it looks like a prism. Me, me, me and Sharon are kind of making faces. I, I don't think either of us. It's not. It's not for me. Um, so I actually think the the Newton Prospector and the Shinobi models that they do are beautiful. I just not a big fan of them in Arco. Really? Is it just because it's Arco Verde instead of? Arco Brown? shouldn't be on a triangular pen. Mm. Okay. It I don't even think an Arco should be on a 360. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, okay. I, w- I wouldn't mind um, a clear frosted spectator or um, yeah, I've seen prospector. The, I've seen the clear ones of the Shinobi and yeah, they the prospector. Great. They look really, really nice. And some of the nibs that come on them look fantastic as well. In Arco, eh, not for me. <laughs> okay. I cried a bit. Um, Anyways, uh, going back to, sorry, uh, Max's comment. If you let Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, let get his way, I'm pretty sure there will be more than one Frankenstein monster. So in in response to um, ASC, it's not a Frankenpen because they had design in mind, blah, blah, blah. Like if Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein 
actually got Dr. his Dr. Frankenstein was an artist, as you're saying. He can produce as many pens with as much intent as yes. a regular pen maker. So how dare you call Dr. Frankenstein a mad scientist? Yeah, exactly. With no design intent. I do have I do have one literary <laughs> note at the end of this that like Frankenstein's monster is the protagonist of that story. And the Oh, we're getting into like, some commentary. Like, 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 like um, it's it's just uh, he he is a he's on the hero's journey. Well, well, going going to our previous note that like Frankenpen doesn't have to be a derogatory term. Like like a mutt. Uh, my 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 dog is a mutt, um, and I absolutely love her for that. Um, and sometimes sometimes a mutt lines up really well, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes the purebred dogs are more prone to problems to issues. That's what we're saying. Yeah, well, okay. let's, let's close <laughs> let's this topic off. <laughs> let's move on. Um, let's move on to the, the main body of our uh, episode today, which is the holiday gift guide. Uh, now, I want to give some thanks to Rowena from uh, Fountain Pens Oceana, who suggested the following gift categories. And uh, we're going to have uh, each host come up with at least one gift idea per category. So the first one we're going to go with, um, and this is a pretty similar one to last year, I think, where... Uh, we have a gift to lure people uh, to the dark side. So for non-fountain pen users, do you have an idea that, uh, for a, a pen to recommend to get people involved? Sharon's teeing off today. And so I'm going to put in the same recommendation that I put in last year. Um, I might, may have put it in a couple of times last year. A Pilot Petite set of the Pilot Petite. <laughs> Here comes guys, the petite. guys, I'm being serious. You don't need to laugh. Pilot, we, are, we are nothing if con- not consistent. Pilot Petites 1, 2, and 3. So the 1 is a fountain pen, the 2 is a fibre tip, and 3 is a brush pen. So you get the best of all worlds relating to fountain pens. You get cute pocket pens, and you can get them in every colour of the rainbow, or almost every colour of the rainbow. You can get them in a lot of colours. And the blue-black that the Pilot Petite comes out with is one of the best inks of all time. I wish I could like literally decant it from those tiny little <laughs> cartridges because I don't think you can buy that ink separately. No, it's like a specifically lubricated one. It's a specific one. one. And it is the best colour. It's so gorgeous. It's got this great sheen to it. I could gush about this for ages. Anyway, Pilot Petite set one, two, and three. So what you're telling me is that you sometimes buy extra Pilot Petites just for the cartridges? Oh, no, I buy the Pilot petite cartridges and then I syringe them out and put them into a different pan. So you can buy those cartridges by themselves? Yes, they're not worth it. They're very, very expensive. Because I think you you only get three three of the ones at the same time either. You get a tube of three cartridges, but, but, but it's for a reasonable price. So I think, I think it's around the $3 mark. What's interesting is that um, the brush pen, the fountain pen, and the felt tip all use the same type of ink. So it's not exactly. It's not that you get a specific uh, refill for each type. You can Correct. use the one for, for each. Exactly. And I will still put a plug in here and say it is not the most expensive cartridge you can buy because just the other day um, – <laughs> I don't know how I even say this. Uh, one of the other friends of the podcast, Jonathan, sent us a link of the Hermes website that has uh, the pilot cartridges for sale. Oh my um, it was 15 Australian dollars, which he tells me is the cheapest item you can get from Hermes. <laughs> for a pack of how many? For a pack of six cartridges. So... 
You can either get a pack of three Pilot Petite cartridges for less than five bucks, or you can go out to Hermes and, I don't know, get on their guest list or something. And they're also, they're also Pilot in cartridges as well. Hot, hot takes from Sharon right off the bat. Brian? I'll do you one better. The answer to the following next four questions. Um, <laughs> no way. What's the GTFK? The GTFK. Get the four Kakunos. Kakunos for everybody. Everyone, yeah. I mean, we've gone on about our love for Kakunos previously. I'm going to recommend a different, but still within the same company. My recommended starter for someone that uh, doesn't use a fountain pens uh, was a Prera. Nice I, one. I like the Preras. It's just a little too small for the for uh, regular writing use. It's also like for the price of a Prera, you could get twenty Pilot Petites. <laughs> twenty, but only how many? Twenty. twenty. No, you could get four Kakunos out of that. <laughs> or you could get four a Pilot Prera. I will point this out in terms of price disparity, right? A pile of Prera costs $74 in Australia. Sure. $74. Buy it online. Yeah, it's still $74 online. $40? It's like the clear ones are about $70 something. I'll give you two out of um, Officeworks. Okay. They don't come in many colours. No, if you want the nice colours. If you want the nice clear colours with the um, translucent caps on the ends. Or even the solid body nice colours. They are non-fountain pen users. I don't think they would care. It's $70. This is where I'm at in that, like, it is a little little more permanent looking than a Pilot Petite. Um, yeah, I have to say, I, I do like the Prera. I, I like that really satisfying and quite expensive sounding click yep. that you get with it. Uh, yep. It's like a whoosh, sort of a <laughs> very satisfying noise. It's um, like a satisfying <laughs> fart. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. And it's oh, a very I'm different um, sensation to the click that you get on the Pilot Kukuno, uh, which is... How dare you? I love the Pilot Kakuna, okay, and it has a great seal on it. I never have the issues with the nib drying out, but the Prera, it's in a, I think it's yeah, in a it's different Yeah, it's a different class. Of, yeah. um, We're still three for three for Pilot, by the way. I went the complete opposite direction too, yeah. <laughs> Sharon just came back I went back the opposite direction in price as well. <laughs> oh my, oh my Sharon, God. Sharon just, oh my goodness. So since it's Christmas, I thought you guys all deserved a set of Pilot Petites. <laughs> I have pilot petites for everyone. Thank you for being such great podcast petites fellow. For you, petites for you. Fellow everyone gets people. a petite. Everyone gets a petite. And not only that, you get a petite in every single colour. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I can follow them. <laughs> no, but I did go the opposite way in price. So I said get them something that's pricey enough that they can't get rid of it. So they, you to guilt them, them into in, using yes, it. Yes, exactly. I would say it's cruel. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes and that's, from that's me. what friendship is. Kaveco Lilliput in fire blue. Because no, 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 yes. no, no. I hate that pen so <laughs> no, much. No, 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 no. Because for a ballpoint pen user or someone to lure them in, it is pretty. It is small and portable. It uses cartridges. It doesn't so break. Yes. Uh, true on the doesn't break, but and how each many one, times does each it one roll is off different. your table? Each, no, that, that, yeah, it is like slightly... Yeah, so you're getting something that's, you can say it's personalized. It's expensive enough that they can't get rid of it. And it's pretty and cute. Their nibs um, dry out really quick with that cap. 
I have one and it's, I don't know where it is now. I think it rolled off to one nook of my house. It's not a bug. It's a feature. They have to use it. They have to keep using it. (laughs) Otherwise, it will go somewhere. What's the answer? Is it a bug or a feature? Yes. Exactly. Um, Which I think just leaves us with Dai's recommendation. Kakuno. Um, Okay, so I asked to go last because I really could not think of anything Um, because my impulse would be to get someone who is not yet a fountain pen user a really nice notebook. Um, Something like Uh, a... Look, Dai is being hipster now against the mainstream. (laughs) No, something like a... um, a small Hobonichi A6 size notebook that can take ballpoint, that can take Sharpie, that can take fountain pen to like, it's that little toe inside the waters to entice them to try a range of different materials uh, beyond a ballpoint. Um, And you can also add like a really inexpensive fountain pen as an addition. So you're, you're not really, forcing a fountain pen on them it's more like you know here's a really nice notebook that you can use whatever you like anything you like including watercolors and if you so choose a fountain pen and here's a fountain pen just for the sake of it (laughs) you know what i mean intent which fountain pen would you get them Um, (laughs) okay so i actually i did write a few options down um and i didn't want it to be something that's too expensive because i like unlike Melissa, I'm not in the idea that I'm into strong arming people. Yeah, I don't want to force someone to use a fountain pen if they don't really want to. Um, but I probably would either get. Don't you them... dare say a gin hell. No, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I six would... gin hells. Six gin. Oh, six gin hells. You could probably Just buy a sharks. computer. Just all of the sharks. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> You're going to laugh. I do say sharks at some point later okay, in the episode. Okay. It would probably be either um, a Lamy Safari or, if I really like them, um, a Graph – no, not a Graph. What's it called? The Curran Dash 849, the fountain pen version, which is – you know, it doesn't look too expensive, but it's got a good nib. It's quite small, so it can clip onto a Hobonichi. It's, you know, something you can just throw into a bag or clip onto a notebook. Those are our lure gifts. Um, this is the complete opposite end of the spectrum – uh, which is the gift for the one who has everything. Um, there's a couple of you guys in the room. I'm going to go first with this one. Okay. Well, the question from Rowena is, uh, what can you get the fountain pen user that has uh, everything? If I was buying something for Sharon that was fountain pen related, um, I have a couple of options. One, I could buy her like a plane ticket to Japan if I so choose. Oh, look at that, the thumbs up. And this is why I love Diana so much. <laughs> she knows me so well. Is this the wreck? <laughs> Qantas, sponsor us, please. <laughs> but if that's not realistic, I would probably get her something, not a pen, because as we've, I think, discussed before, it's very hard to buy a fountain pen for someone who already has masses of fountain pens, unless they specifically tell you, I want this pen with this nib in that finish, or you have intimate knowledge of their uh, grails list, something like that. But otherwise, I'd probably get them like really nice storage. Um, so a, I've got two options here. Um, one is very, very expensive. And the other one's less expensive, but still very nice. Ashton, I think, is the leather workers 
um, company name. Ashton produces these leather pen cases in, I think, a 10 pen case, a 20 case, and maybe even a 40. They're these like book-sized um, covers, sorry, book-sized cases. They zip all the way around. They're very, very sturdy. Um, they take a little bit of working in, like the leather's quite tight. So if you have a large pen, they take a bit of stretching. It really resists scratches and stains. Um, so they're what I use to take pens to meets. Um, they come, I think, in brown and black. But if – oh, and I think they're, they're in the, you know, $200 range. But if you want something that's really a splurge, on the Nagasawa website on Rakutan, they sell these collaboration pen cases with Ashford. They come in beige, um, this khaki colour and a wine red. And they are beautiful, <laughs> like really gorgeous. Um, they come in like single, double size cases and also these large like binder sized cases. Um, the one I have my eye on is the 48 pen case maybe in the wine red, but they're like in the vicinity of $500. So I'll probably get them for someone else before I either get them for myself. Yeah, but you've got everything. So you need that 48 pen capacity, right? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> two of those 48. She'll need two of them at I, least. Uh, I'm going to jump in here. Mine is also a Penwell recommendation uh, because I think I said the same last year. No, I, last year I recommended an ink because a pen is hard at it. So pen roll this year. I've got two recommendations. One is from uh, Wonder Pens and Superior Labor, uh, which is the Wonder Pens and Superior Labor pen roll. I don't have this one, but I do have a Wonder Pens Superior Labor folio that is really great quality, and um, I am looking forward to replacing. I'm looking forward to replacing uh, the, pen, the pen sleeve that I lost with the other things. Or the other is uh, one of the Tatcha or the Nakaya pen folds that are just the fabric ones um, that I quite like and I'm interested in. Uh, so someone else do the legwork on that. Who's going next? Me. So. Pilot Petites. Like last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure last year I recommended this. But the Nagasawa Kip leather pen sleeves, still, I would still recommend them for anyone because they are, they're the softest um, leather and um, so nice. The interior of it, it's some type of velvety. It's micro suede. It's micro, there you go. It's, I knew it was some type of microfiber, but it is just. And do you know what the limited edition color for this year was? I know it's blue. No, it's that hydrangea purple. I no, they had a blue one as blue well. Blue was last year, wasn't it? Roco the, Sky the Blue. Roco Island yeah, Sky Blue. That this was year last was year. Hydrang hyd it was hydrangea. Yes, I yeah, have seen that actually. It was Hime Hydrangea, I think that's what the color's called. Right, so the Nagasawa pen sleeves, they are absolutely amazing. I own four of them. I own four of the single pen sleeves in none of the limited edition colours. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, and I wouldn't mind getting a pen roll or even one of those five pen cases because I think that would be oh, just on point. Um, other than that, if I were getting someone else, not me, <laughs> a present. Did I skip ahead? I did skip ahead. If I were to get someone else a present, I would probably get them um, a limited edition ink if I could track them down. So, for instance, um, and I think I did this with Di a couple of years ago, I got her a bottle of Caran Storm, which was... 
discontinued discontinued um, the old uh, colors of the earth range. Yeah, so uh, I think I would get um, a harder to get uh, or a limited edition ink if that's something that I could get my hands on. Um, but that's probably not a particularly good recommendation given that you have to have a backup syndrome issue like I do and just know when to hoard certain limited editions for special occasions. But if you do have that same type of problem, welcome to the club. Please message me and uh, we can talk about how awesome it is to give limited edition inks as presents. (laughs) All right, Melissa. Okay, so I was expensive with the person who doesn't like. Now I've gone budgety, and I want you. To, I want you to expend your creative abilities. So I want you to get some clay. I want you to get some glazes, and I want you to make a nice pen rest or pen stand hey. for this person. So something that's personal, customized. Again, because you've put effort into it, they can't get rid of it. And quite hard to buy like to find in but still with the same blackmail motivation yes yes exactly (laughs) cruelty (laughs) yeah pretty much throw throw your own make your own um do you have a preferred clay i'm 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 reaching for a wreck here no so like um any sort of porcelain clay which is very fine so you can get more fine details and a smoother finish it depends on the glaze you should have told me like a month ago i just ended my um pottery regime well, there you Until go. Like Brian can give year. you some extra recommendations on how to fulfill my... Uh... <laughs> if someone's going to be giving me one of these pen rest DIY sets, um, could they also give me, say, maybe four hours of Brian's time so that he can actually make this for me? Thanks. <laughs> it, it takes like three weeks, you know. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Edit, can we please get uh, three weeks of Brian's time along with the gift DIY gift set? Fine, Thanks. I'll go back to the studio again for this year's Christmas. What, well, what is your recommendation, Brian? Um, Kakuno. <laughs> I, I, oh, I am not joking. To the point. I forgot that he answered the first four questions. Okay. I did. Um, wait, wait, wait. But, for, it, but for this one, you want a Kakuno with special underwear, right? Yes. One of the sexy lingerie. With the sexy lingerie. So I, you want one with... Um, I have one here. A maquillage converter. And the best part of all of this is that the maquillage converter costs more than the pen Three itself. Three times. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, um, one that has everything... They can... I suppose they can buy anything that they want, but again, with... Similar with Mel's response, something handmade would be a bit more special because, well, it's special. They can't really buy it or force you to buy them. Okay. Um, well, this this next question seems oddly specific to the to the like I I read this so, <laughs> and I, I thought it'd been tuned for the podcast. But uh, the next one from Marina is gifts for someone whose collection comprises Japanese limited editions, but you still want to get them something. It's a very specific question. I just thought of an answer for that, actually. Oh, you um, did? I did. I was going to say something vintage. So um, something that might take a bit of hunting on maybe Japan Yahoo auctions to find or the darker parts of Taobao, <laughs> perhaps. But um, I think maybe that's probably beyond the internet skills of many of us. Instead of looking for those really hard to find vintages, I'm going to say maybe get them um, a book, like a book about uh, vintage pens or Japanese pens. And I will actually... So they can go crazier in their ventures. Yes. So there's actually a very well-known... 
the Andreas Lambro pen, um, Japanese fountain pens. Yes, that's the name of the one. Andreas Lambro? I think that's right. Yes. I remember that was his last name, but I don't remember his first name. But um, he is extremely knowledgeable about Japanese fountain pens. And I think he's lived in Japan for decades. The, the book is, oh, I think it goes on sale on Mastrop every once in a while. And I think Goulet pens might also have them as well as Nibs. Um, I should do my research before I voice these recommendations off the top of my head but um, I will have links to where you can buy this book it's got uh, pictures it's very very detailed it's one of the definitive sources for people who collect Japanese fountain pens and if they don't have it already I'm sure they really cherish it Sharon you you look you're champing at the bit Yes, so gift for someone whose collection comprises Japanese limited editions but you still want to get them something, get them a friend who has time to stalk all of the sales websites and hunt down those limited editions that you didn't even know existed. You clearly have someone in mind. Hi, Leo. (laughs) Love you. Okay, I'm going to go on this sidetrack about Leo while I'm <laughs> while you're talking about this. Okay, so, okay, have you guys read this article that was, um, I think, being shared on Twitter quite a bit by Kevin Alexander on Thrillist? It's called "I Found the Best Burger Place in America." Period, and then I killed it. Period, and it's about um, like food tourism. Like you find somewhere that's great, you write about it, everyone knows about it, and suddenly it's trash. And this is kind of what I feel about Leo. And what he's trash? <laughs> no, 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 no. The exact opposite. He's so, he's the writer of that of that article. No, he's the opposite. He's the he's the secret like burger place that you would like to share with everyone but if you did that would sort of ruin it okay so sorry people so the leo do not go society. towards a leo um yes leo protection society we will protect him right here right now <laughs> on a slightly more serious note i'd probably get um if i were to get something for myself uh, being a collector, a mild collector of Japanese limited editions, I'd probably get a pen case, like a pen box. Oh, you're um, stealing some my ty- recommendation. Some type of uh, Urushi or Makie box where I can put all of my uh, limited edition pens into it because most Japanese limited edition pens come in very oversized boxes. It's what's great about them. It's also what's really frustrating when you're short on real estate because they come in these beautiful um, wooden boxes that are massively oversized. If you could keep them all in in something that was quite uh, petite, that'd be fantastic. Nakaya do a really Uh, good one. In something that was quite what? Uh, petite, yeah, it's sure. my d- word of the day, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you like how I dropped that in? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Nakaya actually do a really good one in a chinkin finish, um, which is again, if you're buying someone for some, uh, if you're buying something for someone who collects Japanese limited edition, the price limit, well, <laughs> that's a thing of the past, right? Yeah. Um, so Nakai do a really nice one, as do this um, brand called Toyoko Craft. It's a Japanese brand. They also do some really nice uh, wooden pen boxes. Right, Brian, I believe you were saying that that was your recommendation as well. Yes, a case. I thought when one collects limited editions, if they gather in one location, there would be a beautiful view to behold. So a pen case would be a really good thing to have, um, aside from... 
another Kakuna, I would just add. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Melissa, do you want to add on to this? I'm tapped out. I'm like, if you're Japanese Ellie obsessed, I've got nothing for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, my, my recommendation was that Sailor in particular understands limited editions. And there's always a new limited edition. So I just took... Uh, I've got three recommendations here. Two of which are available on Pensachi, from what I saw. Um, I don't know if they're available anywhere else. Uh, I didn't do a, a, a full uh, wide net casting. One is the Sailor uh, 1911 uh, Northern Painting uh, Ezo Kohaku. And the other is the uh, Pro Gear Slim Kohaku Yellow. Both of them are... Uh, yellow or amber-toned demonstrators. They're both 14K You have nibs. also a very specific user in mind. I when do. You, I was going to say, do. there's a bit of a bias there. I do, definitely. <laughs> uh, my other thing is that um, even the uh, Sailor uh, Pro Gear, the full-size Pro Gear in yellow is sort of... <laughs> Yellow, rarely, yellow, you say? Rarely seen uh, as it is, even as not a limited edition. So uh, there is a recommendation for you. Everything is so biased here. <laughs> you know what? For someone who just collects Japanese limited editions, get them a Visconti. Right? Let's just throw one out there. Get them a Visconti. It's Maybe like a new sure, sure, sure. If, uh, if, if only to allow them... Uh, to appreciate their Japanese pens sh- sure. all the more. I'm glad I could start <laughs> that. Fuck their shit up. Ah, It'd be a mind-blowing. Um, oh, I didn't even notice that. Happen. We're about three glasses of bubbly down. My glass keeps refilling and I just, it's magic. The, the champagne fairy keeps coming around. <laughs> so the, the, the next question. I'm going to change think, her nickname. So the gifts for the little ones. This is where my pilot petite. And I wrote this what? down already. What? No, 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 no. I also wrote pilot I wrote petite. this down already. I, I already wrote. I gave my cousin a pilot petite number three, the brush pen. When she was, God, how old is she now? I don't know how old she is now. But when she was, I think she was eight at the time, I gave her a pilot petite in orange. You would approve the orange color? Apricot. Apricot orange. Um, I gave her a brush pen and it took her three days to figure out how to actually get the ink starting to flow because there's that little stopper in the pilot petite. Make sure you take that out before you give it to a little kid. But otherwise, it's fantastic. Aside from that, I would recommend some paper. Okay. Okay, cool. Good. I'm done. My recommend, and I wrote this down. I'm so glad that it's, it's come back again, but I wrote down Pilot Petites. Um, they've been the biggest surprise um, for, for the little ones, I think. The, Isn't it a choking hazard for someone that small? Um, no, they're quite wide, and I think they have that, they have that thing that... Um, Pretty sure you can swallow that. The back oh, isn't... isn't <laughs> Please don't demonstrate. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I'm not going <laughs> to. Let's, let's, let's just breeze right past that one. I'm, I'm going to move away from pilots here. Until today, when Sharon kindly gifted us all with petites, I, I haven't owned a petite before. Which, by the way, thank you, Sharon. Thank I don't think you, we've Sharon. said on, on the pod just yet. <laughs> I'm going to recommend something produced by Sailor, which is, I think, in a similar category as the petites, but a little bit more expensive. Um, they produce in their still nib ranges two pens one is the cigar shaped uh profit junior and the other one is the Lacool, which is the uh the 
flat-ended ones. And they're all quite small. They come in a whole range of colours, including some limited edition ones. And um, I think especially the Prophet Juniors, they come in really gorgeous translucent uh, or transparent barrels, like coloured blues and greens and yellows. And those Prophet Juniors, you can eyedropper um, and they look really great. Yes, so that's my recommendation, the Sailor Lacool and the Sailor Prophet Junior. All right, who do we have who do we have next for our uh, gifts for the little ones recommendation? Well, I'm also like how little because when I was about 8, I remember getting a Lamy Safari set with the ink and everything and I lost it somewhere along the way, but I've never forgotten it. But for someone else, I would say a Pelican Twist and a packet of stickers and let them decorate the crap out of it. Packet of stickers, good call. That that is actually because they're really, still really a good, kid. That's a really good call. It's a real good call. And I'm gonna get in before Brian says anything and say get a cocooner without the fancy, sexy lingerie for the little ones. No, you can still put the lingerie. It's never too early. Has anyone mentioned a pilot parallel yet? Because I actually think they're fantastic. Oh yeah, they can get mentioned this year. They take a bit of coordination, I think, to work with the the nibs. Yeah, but kids are learning coordination, so it's and good that's practice. Why you get a pilot petite number three with the brush pen. Pilot, if you want to sponsor me for petites for the rest of my life, I'm here. I'm ready. You can contact me via Instagram, and you can pay her in cartridges. <laughs> Just petite Blue black, cartridges. Please. <laughs> Um, is that all of our recs for, for that one? Yeah, you guys I th- I think have already um, answered mine anyways. Skakuna. I mean, to be fair, you answered yours in the first question. Yes, <laughs> sorry. So our, our, our closing topic. Okay, so this, this one is Diana. Stocking stuffer. Uh, so if you have something to just pad out uh, existing gifts to, for a fountain pen user, what do you, you want to add in there? Okay, and you can't say Pilot Petite or Pilot Kakuno. Oh no! Oh, off the table, off the what am I gonna do? <laughs> My rec is literally just Midori MD pads, the ones that are bound on both sides. Throw them in there. Let them write their grocery lists, your to-do lists on on just some really nice paper. I'm gonna say those Jinghao shark pens for funsies because you can get a pack of twelve for like twenty bucks. So my recommendation, because you guys have put an embargo on the Pilot Petite. Actually, hold on a sec. I've just completely blanked out. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Can you get back to me? Because I had a really good one. I just can't remember it now. This is what happens when you yeah. say no the, to The petites. champagne fairy has led to her own downfall. <laughs> um, it is a tale as old as time. Uh, I believe uh, we've passed over to Melissa at this point. So in the lead up to um, December, I've been experiencing uh, experimenting with embossing onto paper. So I'm going to say make them a writing set with a little custom logo on it. That's a really nice stocking stuffer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm assuming the stocking stuffers are for people I like. Okay, I remember now. <laughs> We had this discussion a while back on uh, Fountain Pens Oceania, but um, people seem to have a really hard time finding blotting paper. And I would have just stuffed a little piece of blotting paper into every single stocking. And the beauty of this is that you can make blotting paper any size if you buy the giant A2 pieces. And stick a few stickers on it to personalise it. Exactly. Stick a few stickers. uh, Custom emboss it. Put it in a really nice envelope. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Have some cellophane, a bit of tinsel. It just completely jazzes the whole thing up. Um, My other recommendation was a shitajiki, so a pencil board. Um, 
But if you get blotting paper, it can double as both. So there you go. Blotting paper is my stocking stuff. What's a pencil it's board? A pencil board. So uh, it's when the, all of you uh, put your hands on the middle and um, you communicate with the spirits of the... <laughs> a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, it's a piece of plastic that you can put behind, like Tomoe River paper, for instance, um, just to give you a right, harder writing surface. Um, but if you get blotting paper in Australia, it is $1.20 from Eckersley's per sheet for a massive sheet or you can probably hit me up later because I may or may not have bought say a hundred sheets of this at one point in time because I didn't realize that's what I was buying but um, it's very reusable and you can use it both as a pencil board or as blotting paper and you can decorate it with embossing and stickers. My other recommendation would have been a Twisby Eco but I don't know if some oh, people would actually... Oh, you're stealing my recommendation. Okay. I don't know if people would actually think that's a um, stocking stuffer. They may actually think that's a proper gift. Sharon, but... you spaced and came back with three wrecks. <laughs> I'm on fire, guys. <laughs> um, so that, that was your one, Brian. Yes, it was. Next, um... Sharon's going to introduce an interview that she did last week or in the last couple of days with Renee of Pen Classics. Uh, yes. So to top off all of that fantastic gift guide and top tip for our listeners, if you actually want real gifts, go listen to last year's gift guide because I think it was really good last year. There was a lot of structure to it. This year just... I don't too know. Too much champagne. Who knows? Too much champagne, possibly. There was, there was, a, too lot, many... there was a lot less drinking involved in, in last year's episode. Yeah, there was a lot of prep time <laughs> involved in last year's. Sorry. And a lot less uh, drinking, yes. Um, I had the fortune of interviewing Renee from Pen Classics New Zealand uh, a couple of days ago. And um, it was a great conversation. He gave us some really unique recommendations for his gift guide and this is our interview glow job uh, glow jo- we talk about glow jobs guys it's and not what you think it is <laughs> it's actually not what you think um don't urban dictionary that one really just don't uh thank you everyone we're here joined today by renee um do you want to introduce yourself tell us who you are what you do Give us a bit of um, info and insight about um yourself hi my name is renee um, as you can probably tell by the accent, I'm not from Australia. I'm from across the ditch in New Zealand. So I run Pen Classics as, as part of what I do. And I am also finishing off my PhD in marketing at Victoria University. So some people know me as a student and some people know me as the guy who puts pens in the mail for them. <laughs> and I think one of the most um, uh, unique features of you putting pens in the mail for everyone is your talked about wrapping and the way that it comes. How did that come about? The wrapping was, it, it's come out of a desire, I think, to avoid plastic um, as much as anything. So even now, if it, if it comes from a supplier, if I order something from someone else, Typically, you think of um, something coming in the mail, it comes in a plastic bag or it comes in a box and it's full of bubble wrap. Um, this is increasingly, it seems, hard to recycle. We have recycling schemes in New Zealand for it, but it sounds like that they just go and end up sitting in a, um, in a warehouse somewhere waiting for someone to, to actually recycle them. So I really wanted to get away from this if I was going to be shipping out a lot of boxes and a lot of materials people. I didn't want to be sort of creating unnecessary waste as having an e-commerce store. So 
part of that was figuring out what we could do just with paper and with with paper-based products. So the wrapping you're probably thinking of is everything that goes out of the store comes out in a craft paper wrap. Um, It's tied off with fully biodegradable string and then it has a wax seal through the middle of it. So it's an attractive gift wrap. It feels like a present every time you open it. Everything, no matter how small um, or large, which poses its own set of challenges, if you're wrapping sort of a single limey nib, can be um, fun, but we do it. So everything sort of comes in in the the sort of wrapping, and then when it goes into the boxes, it goes to uh, like another craft paper product, but it's it's a die-cut product, so it stretches out and becomes like a bubble wrap. And so it gets wrapped up in that and then puts into the box. So... People sort of seem to get excited about it in, in two ways. And one is having the seal, and the other way is when they open it, they realise actually there's no plastic to get rid of. This all just goes in paper recycling, and they can sort of get rid of it, and they don't have to feel like they've, they've created all this extra waste as part of it. So it was really important that we could actually deliver that that kind of experience for people. Yeah, um, I didn't actually know all of that context behind it, but um, uh, I was predominantly thinking about what it was like to actually unwrap one of those packages. It's really like unwrapping a little sneaky present um, that's just come out of the blue. Yeah, and that was part of what we wanted it to feel like was, you know, you've got this, it's a present to yourself or a present to someone else, which is, is something people love as well, that they can hit order and sort of it goes to whoever they're sending it to and they know it's going to be wrapped and they don't have to get it, wrap it, send it back out again. So um, I've actually heard this story before, but I'm sure some of our listeners would love to know. How did you come into this um, uh, this pen industry? So I got into it um, by accident. I didn't particularly plan midway through my PhD um, to buy a business. I didn't sort of sit down one day and think I haven't got enough to do. I need to, to fill in some time. But I was a user of fountain pens and I'd just been starting to get into it as more of a hobby trying more inks um, buying more different pens and and so on and there's not a huge variety of places to buy from in New Zealand and at the time when I was getting into it we were very very limited to either buying it in from overseas or what you could get at our local work calls or or borders which was mostly a selection of lower end Parker and some Waterman there wasn't sort of this big broad variety so in my search to try and find Twisby, I came across Pen Classics, who, under its previous owner, Roger, had Twisby in New Zealand and Diamine and a whole bunch of other things I wanted to try. So I started buying off him um, and getting inks off him and pens off him. And then one day I jumped on there and it said it was closing down. I thought, ah, oh, that's a bit sad. I, I don't want to lose my supplier of, of pens. So I, I messaged him and said, hey, is there some way you know, we could keep this going? And he said he would be open to selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think within that week, I don't think it took much more than a week, I sort of made the decision, all right, I'm going to give this a go. <laughs> so sort of from never having thought about running a business to buying a business, I think, took all of about a week. And I flew up to Auckland. We met. Um, he was from just a bit above Auckland. So we met in Auckland took everything from the back of his car into the back of my rental car, and I drove all the way back down to Wellington with a business in the boot of his rental car, (laughs) which is perhaps not the typical way of of getting into something, but I just didn't want to lose what was one of the very few places I actually knew I could buy stuff because Mm. buying it out of America especially was um, the same for in Australia, I presume, reasonably high in terms of shipping costs, and you go and try one ink and end up paying sort of twice the price of the ink and and shipping. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> so I think that was, I think we've just missed the two-year anniversary. I managed to miss the one-year anniversary last year and the two-year anniversary this year. And I think it's because it falls right around Fountain Pen Day. Oh, so you can't really have a special Pen Classics two-year anniversary special code or something. I, pr- um, I probably could, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> Because we do, everything goes into Fountain Pen Day, and now it's yeah. like, on the 2nd, November. This is this is about when we bought the business, so. It was, yeah, it would have been November two years ago. Oh, wow, wow, wow. And then what's been uh, the most memorable thing that's happened since you've uh, bought the business? There's two good stories I can think of. Um, probably the first one was, as I say, flying up to Auckland from Wellington, getting this rental car sort of, three or four days after making this decision and then loading it up with stock and driving down and then having to carry all that stock from the rental car up the hill to my house in Wellington. Anyone who's been to Wellington knows it's not the flattest of cities and most houses are up steps and up sloped paths. So carrying box after box of glass ink bottles and pens and um, <laughs> supplies up these gla- up this, up this steep steps to the steps kind of made it feel very real. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, hang on, I have gone and done this, and now we have to have to make it work. And the other one would have been last year. So I managed to make it to the Melbourne Pen Show, just. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Australia for something else, but Melbourne Pen Show was on. I thought, right, I'm going to go to Melbourne and, and go to a pen show and see what this is like. So several hours from home, different country, go to the airport, had left myself, I think, about six or seven hours to be in Melbourne. Had the rental car all booked, um, flights all booked, everything sorted. It was going to be a day trip, Sydney to Melbourne back again. Um, got to the airport, my flight's delayed. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was sitting there at the airport thinking, okay. And it sort of goes from, you know, brief delay, unannounced time to come back in three hours. So I sort of thought, oh, okay. I'm missing the so Melbourne gone from, show. <laughs> I sort of thought, am I going to make the Melbourne pen show? Is this even worth showing up for? Or should I just call my travel insurance? So call the travel insurance, they sort of give me the numbers of the policy and, and what it costs to claim against it versus what the flights actually cost me. I thought, there's not a lot of point trying to claim against this. It's not going to be worth the money. Um, so I thought, all right, we'll go. So I think I made it to Melbourne about three hours before my return flight to Sydney, <laughs> out to Melbourne Airport. And it was the, there's two airports in Melbourne, the further, the further away one, the, the big one. Uh, I forget what it's called. Avalon is nowhere, and Tullamarine is the one in the middle of the city. Well, sort of in the middle of the city. It might have been Tullamarine, but it felt in the middle of nowhere. In the city, so it was Tullamarine. Um, get the rental car. I'm like, really sorry, really sorry. Have you, have you still got my car? And they're like, yep, here we go. So got in the rental car, drove into town. It was my first time driving in Australia. In fact, only time driving in Australia, which is not super different from here. But new car, new city, come from... New Zealand, grew up in rural New Zealand where we have single lane highways, <laughs> live in Wellington where our biggest lane, biggest road is about three lanes wide, get into this huge motorway going into Melbourne. I thought, okay, this is new yep. and get lost, promptly lost in the middle of Melbourne, <laughs> Cross, crossing over between, I don't know where it was, in the middle of town between two, trying to get from one motorway to the, the motorway that goes out to Melbourne somehow. I managed to get lost. I thought, oh God, this is... All going, all going very well. So eventually I made it. Mm-hmm. So I think I got to be there for about 45 minutes, 
which was enough to do a really quick, hey, how's it going? Meet a couple of people um, and, and buy a couple of things and, and get a really quick feel for it. And unfortunately, it was straight back in the car and back to the airport for what was luckily a, a relatively uneventful flight back to Sydney. But yeah, so my plan to spend the day in Melbourne and, and go to La Pen show and, and so on was rudely interrupted by a very delayed flight and a lot of time spent sitting in the airport wondering if it was worth still trying to even make it all work with the, the amount of time that was left. But I made it and it was good fun. Mm-hmm. I just wish I'd had a bit more time for it to, to properly explore it and, and, and see everything properly. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this year. It timed well that I had a conference in Australia for my PhD side of the world. Um, yeah, that's when I met you. To actually you, right? be over there. Last, last time you were in Sydney, you came for a conference, and I think that's when we met. Yeah, so my partner was over doing a, um, a series of workshop things for her work, so I came over to, to spend some time over there, and then the second time over, um, we were over twice last year, so that was really good because I got to meet up with you and Diana and go out for lunch and get to explore Sydney and meet up with sort of a few people here and there and, and just get to see the big, big city. Mm. <laughs> given I think Sydney's bigger than, than most of New Zealand um, in terms of population. So I haven't actually been to New Zealand. Um, it is on my list. It's slightly biased, but well worth the trip over. Um, I finally got to go to Queenstown quite recently myself, mm. which is an incredibly gorgeous city. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to spend more time down there. I'd somehow managed to get to 26 without ever, ever having actually been to Queenstown. Um, So it was good to finally change that. Um, But I also got to go to Japan this year as well for another conference. And you'll know this because I filled up your inbox looking for recommendations and places to go. So that was fantastic to be able to to see that. I see why you like to hop across there at every available moment. They have something special in every single store. And it's always some limited edition that you can't get at any other time. And it's a limited run of five or ten pens and I'm a sucker for that (laughs) absolute sucker for the exclusivity or this was really hard to get this is a special once in a lifetime pen that you'll ever get Um, it's the thing about certain marquee pens that I like so much but um, yes anyway sorry that was a bit of a segue (laughs) so in terms of running pen classics what has been your absolute bestseller so far well, what is it that people come to Pen Classics and what are they drawn to? Probably one of the biggest sellers, perhaps unsurprisingly, given how much time actually gets dedicated to talking about them now, um, is Twisby, despite being a relatively new company and one that up until, I'm trying to think when I first heard about them, maybe three, four years ago, mm-hmm. I think probably through through listening to The Pen Addict or, or reading The Blonde or something, um, but they've kind of come from a relatively young company into being one of the really sought after pens that we actually have, especially the Twisby Eco. Um, probably because it's a really, I mean, it's a great pen for $48. In mm-hmm. $48, New Zealand, yeah, New Zealand dollars. Which um, in today's conversion results. About 43 Australian, I think. About 43 Australian, so it means it's what, 30 bucks US. Pretty yeah. comparable. Yeah, about 30 bucks US. So it's been. Um, surprising how many people gravitate towards it. It's sort of the thing you think, okay, you know, you have to be reading pen blogs and listening to pen podcasts and, and that kind of thing to be an exposure to it. Whereas Parker and Waterman and Pilot, everyone, everyone knows, knows these companies, but 
maybe it's the look, maybe it's the way it stands out um, in pictures because it's clear, because it's you can see the ink. It's they've got always got plenty of bright colours. Um, there's two new ones which we'll talk about a wee bit later, but they've, they've always got something bright and and different to to stand out. So Twisby's probably been um, yeah one of the the biggest the biggest products we've had. And um, was it the Clear Eco? Sorry, do any of the Ecos in particular stand out? I think the Clear Eco. Um, they do the colours, but the colours sort of come and go. Um, they do a run of a, a light turquoise blue, and those exist for a, a small moment, and then they do a pink, and those exist for for their time and so on. So they do a lot of, I won't call them limited edition, they do a lot of sort of special edition colours that they do that run of and, if you if you don't get them at the time, they eventually disappear back off um, off normal retail and are, are usually only found at, at inflated prices on eBay. Um, but the clear the clear eBay the clear eco out of the standard uh, white black and clear is probably the the favourite colour. Again, I think it's just because it looks so cool. It's so different from a lot of other pens that that are out there, which are often a bit more traditional, a bit more sort of blacks and silvers and that kind of colour. Is there anything you can share around what's coming through the pipeline just in time for the gift-giving season? Yeah, so we've got a lot. We have Sailor coming through. Woo! So we, we have been, you'll be pleased to hear this. And are we talking limited editions, uh, regular editions, the full range, gold nibs, steel nibs? So we'll be launching with gold nib. So Pro Gear, Slim, Pro Gear and King, King Pro Gear. And then again, 1911 S 1911 and King 1911, mm-hmm. so the three sizes and the standards. Yep. Um, and then from there, we will look at bringing in steel nibs, um, some of the limited editions that we can get our hands on, the Western limited editions, yes, um, the Japanese exclusive limited editions or the shop exclusive limited editions are, are a different story, which I think whilst we would all love to get our hands on them, becomes a bit difficult unless you're actually in Japan able to sort of buy them on the spot. And inks. Um, so we've recently put out a, a survey amongst our newsletter to help us sort of decide what to, to get. Um, but we will be getting in a good chunk of the Ink Studio inks. So the 100 inks, um, those are sort of finally starting to reach outside of Japan, as well as sort of the existing Shikiori inks, what we can still get in the 50ml gentle bottles, we will, as well as the, the new Shikiori 20ml square bottle. Um, and then, yeah, from there we'll look. Um, especially going into next year once we get past Christmas and, and looking to see what people are asking for and looking at getting in some more of those, um, some of the steel in the pen. Um, so any any requests, anything that comes like that, um, we always encourage people to get in touch and say, hey, came across this, would love to see it if you can get it. And then we can, again, you know, have that conversation and find out, is this something that's available or is this something that will stay as a, a Japanese exclusive or, or something along those lines? We're getting Pelican. Um, that's been a badly kept secret. I've bought a Pelican. I think, as you have said, you've, you've bought Pelican from me before. Um, yes. I have sitting on my shelf an M805 Ocean Swirl. That was meant to be a gift to myself at some stage, rather, for something when I feel I've earned it. I just mm-hmm. saw the pen and thought I had to I have to have one of these. So we'll be getting Pelican, again, with the, the range of pens from 200 up through 1,000 and the inks and so on. We have coming from Twisby, two new eco colours. So the Eco Transparent Blue now has two transparent friends. Uh, we have Transparent Green, which is quite a nice limey green, and then Blossom Red, which the jury's out on what colour it's going to actually be. The, the first photos that came out of them were quite a pinkish red. Yeah. Um, and then 
the latest photos, I mean, they've, they've been teasing them on Instagram for a while. The latest photos are quite a reddish red. So it'll be interesting to see what color that comes through as. We have a new brand of notebooks coming, hopefully in time for Christmas. We're not so certain on this one. They're on, on the boat over to New Zealand at the moment, um, but it's a brand called Dingbats. Never heard of So them. these are a brand that's, I think, well or more well-known through Europe and the UK. So they are very, very good-looking, lots of bright colours. Um, they're 100 GSM cream paper. They're all animal-themed. Um, they do a... They're all fully vegan certified. Most important question, how's the paper quality? Really nice. I know a couple of people who have bought them as well and have actually been using them before we got the news, actually. It came through as a customer request before it came through, knowing that I could even get them. And, yeah, really nice paper quality. It feels almost rhodia. If you run your hand across, it's got that really sort of smooth feel of a, of a rhodia pad mm-hmm. rather than sort of a, a toothier feel like a, a Leuchtturm journal or something along those lines. But it feels really nice, um, performs really nicely. Awesome. So looking forward to seeing them come out and what the general consensus is on those. What are your gift recommendations for um, someone who is, say, for the novice, for the intermediate, and for the experienced uh, fountain pen user? So I got this. I thought this was an interesting one. Um, You didn't give me a a spending limit. I did not. I have taken um, perhaps the slightly reasonable reasonable dollar approach rather than giving everyone Nakayas and Mont Blancs. (laughs) So... We have, for the novice, um, the Pilot MR mm-hmm. or the Metropolitan, depending on where in the world you come from. It goes by MR 1, 2, and 3 or Metropolitan um, with an ink. Yep. So it's a nice starter set. The pen is 27.49 New Zealand, which I think is 19 US, 18 US, something like that. And something like a diamine ink or a 15 mil bottle of a Roshizuku. I especially like the 15ml bottle of Orochizuku. It's a good-looking ink mm-hmm. bottle as a as a gift. Um, I think one of the things that's important with a gift is how it looks. And so the MR comes, nice gift box, nice bottle of ink. And I would say a, a good standard ink, like a, just a, a well-behaved, solid ink. Not necessarily something that's got lots of sheen or shimmer or is waterproof or something like a Noodler's Bulletproof or something like that, just something like a really standard, like an Orochizuku, a Diamine, like a Parker Waterman, just a really good quality ink that for a novice user is not going to give them lots of problems. So you're not going to give them a shimmer ink and then they're going to get upset because they haven't used it for a couple of days and it's clogged up the feed or they're going to have to clean it or anything like that. Just a standard start writing, have a really nice blue, a really nice red, brown, green, whatever colour, but just a, yeah, really good solid ink. Um, I like the MR because it's got the gift box, it's got the converter in the box, it comes with a cartridge so that they're they're set up straight away in writing, um, and the colours are really cool. So if you're giving someone a gift, you probably know a wee bit about what sort of colours they like. So there's purples, greens, blues, that sort of thing. So you can personalise the wee bit to them. So then what about someone who, you know, maybe has more than dipped their toe into the hobby, has got a couple of pens, a couple of inks, what would you get them? Intermediate, I think, um, as we go up this list, the number of categories I would suggest buying from decreases immensely. For an intermediate, I think a fancier, not maybe not a fancier ink's not the right term, but a, an ink that does a bit more, so like a shimmer ink, a sheen ink, 
um, like a waterproofing, something that you think they're going to really like color-wise. They're open to exploring, but they've kind of learned after their first couple of pens, hey, I need to not leave this sitting for months on end. I need to clean it. I need to, you know, I need to look after it. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, they're probably a bit more into it. So they're going to enjoy their shimmerings. They're going to enjoy lots of sheen and accept that there may be some drawbacks with it rather than it putting them right off. Uh, pen storage, I think it's a big one. If they're, you know, they're starting to get to that two pens, three pens level, something like a Notco Sinclair, which gives them room for some note cards or, or a lookout for the three pens um, is a really nice nice way of carrying the pens. They look good. They feel good. They sort of last incredibly well. I've had a brass town in my bag for probably best part of the last year that still looks immaculate, mm-hmm. um, despite being pulled in and out and rolled up every day. Um, and a notebook. I think at the intermediate level, a nice notebook, like a Rodeo Gold book, um, a Leuchtturm notebook, something like that. Um, the Dingbat is something that they're going to really appreciate. I think once you've got a couple of pens, you might not have big stacks of paper, but you've got to the point where you realise, actually, if I write on the cheap paper at work or on the the notepads that you can pull out the supply cabinet, that it's probably going to bleed through and and not look so flash. And then the experienced fountain pen user. Then the experienced fountain pen. If you were to gift me something for Christmas. If I was to gift you something, well, we now know that you like blue Twisbees. <laughs> so a Twisbee Eco might be safe, but I would probably not suggest buying a pen. Mm-hmm. I would not buy an experienced fountain pen user a pen unless they had asked for it, in which case we might be blowing the reasonable budget assumption out of the water because they might have said, hey, I really love this pen, in which case, okay, it's $1,000. You've chosen it. You've chosen the nib size. You can have it for Christmas. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't buy them an ink either. Um, and, and the reason I wouldn't buy a pen or an ink for someone at that level one, you're almost guaranteed to get the nib size wrong. I mean, when I first started writing with fountain pens, I thought the finer I could go, the better. And I loved extra fines. I loved fines. As you um, should. I never quite got down to Japanese UEFs, but I did, you know, really like the finest line I could get. The longer I've spent playing with pens, writing with them, um, the more I have developed a love for stub nibs. So someone who sees me at work writing with an EF pen might think, okay, he really likes fine nib pens. We'll go and get him the finest nib he can. When I get home, I kind of really dig writing with a stub nib, like a 1.1 mil, something like that. So I think when you get to that experience level, you are risking the nib being wrong. You're risking the pen being a double up or, or a gain roll. And I think it's the same with ink as well. I think once, the longer you're in into fountain pens, the more inks you've tried, the more you have your go-to inks, the ones you like, um, and the ones that you think are safe for your pens that you like the colours of like the behavior of. So I would say a nice notebook. And I think I came down to nice notebook or something like the cursive logic workbook. So you've got the pens. Now, what do you do with them? Um, the cursive logic workbook's really good because it helps you train your handwriting to be a wee bit neater. Anyone who's gotten a note from me knows my handwriting is shocking. <laughs> and no amount of expensive pens has made my handwriting less shocking. <clears throat> In fact, some of them make it worse, like a, a stub nib I enjoy. I think the ink looks fantastic. I, it feels great to write with. My handwriting's atrocious. So Cursive Logic Workbook helps them work through a whole bunch of letter forms, exercises for that, and it's something they might not have thought about. Mm-hmm. And the other idea was a bullet journal. So again, they've got the pens. They know that they need to be using good paper, but they might not have thought about, hey, bullet journaling system, something like the 1917 bullet journal, that here's a system I can use to actually use these pens every day. 
I can write in the book. I can put my task list in it. Here's something I can use day in, day out. And then what would you be hoping to receive yourself? Or what would you self-gift? So I've split this question up into two. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of hoping to receive, I love vouchers. <laughs> it's really boring. I get called it boring every time I say, just get me a voucher. Get me, get me a voucher for Steam so I don't have to feel bad when I buy a new game. Get me something for iTunes. Just get me a voucher. If I was gifting myself something and I, I had the perfect choice, um, actually, there is one other for hoping to receive for the festive season. Mm-hmm. The Midori MD paper clips, the dog-shaped ones. I love the dog-shaped <laughs> ones. I don't use paper clips to justify buying them, but I love the dog-shaped ones. They have different dog-shaped ones, you know. They have the yeah, sitting dogs, the walking Shiba. dogs, and yes, all sorts of different ones. I can I can even tell you because I have them here. I think it's a, a Shiba. What have we got? We've got the Chihuahua, Dash and Shiba, and Toy Poodle, and the Alpaca. The Alpaca is amazing as well, and I love dogs, so dog paper clips. If I was gifting myself, there's a company we have called Glow Jobs. I would gift myself a Glow Job. What is a Glow Job? Because that does not sound um, PG-13. I specifically made sure that we were going to enunciate really clearly. Um, They make neon signs. Glow Job. They started off in Dunedin, and they've recently moved up to Wellington, so they're a local company, so I feel good about plugging them. Um, they make custom neon signs, and I would get for my wall a very, very large neon nib in pen classic cyan blue. Okay, you're going to have completely to unnecessary, but a giant nib, <laughs> a giant neon nib. So you want a giant nib glow job? Okay, gotcha. Um, you're going to have to send nib on the wall above my desk. You're going to have to send me that. Um that link because I've just Googled glow job and believe me, the urban dictionary definition is probably not what you were referring to. Probably not. So I'll send you the link and you can put it in the show notes. So everyone knows that we're not being filthy. This is a real company (laughs) and they make amazing neon signs. Awesome. Awesome. And I guess um, we didn't ask this before because I am a terrible interviewer and I don't know how these things are supposed to go. I'm lost without Chuck and Diana keeping me responsible, but what are you actually writing with? I have a Twisby Precision 1.1 millimeter um, because I am particularly fond of their stub nib, and it's inked with Momiji. I really like Momiji. It was one of my first ever Iroshizuku inks that I got a backup of. It was not my yeah, first ever Iroshizuku. <laughs> I'm using Shin Ryoku and Momiji at the moment, and I love them both. Both very, very different Christmasy. sorts of inks. It's very Christmasy. Very Christmasy. Unintentionally Christmassy. The, the Shin Ryoku is open because I loved last year's limited edition studio. Last year's? This year's. The Racing Green. Last year's, wasn't it? Last year's, I think. And it never came to New Zealand. I don't think it ever came to Australia either. So mm. I recently thought, oh, well, I need to get one of these while I still can. Um, ordered one from Germany, and it has a gold nib on it and Shin Ryoku in it, which is not quite a British Racing Green match, but it's close enough that it was a nice match. Cool, 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 cool. So we usually end off all of our podcasts, as you may know, with a recommendation. It doesn't have to be uh, fountain pen related. It doesn't even have to be glow job related. Um, <laughs> do you have a recommendation? I do. Um, I thought long and hard about this one. There's a company from Blenheim. Um, I'm from Blenheim. It's a small town at the top of the South Island. You How probably do you know spell it as B L E N H E I M. Okay. And you yep. probably know it better as Marlborough because Marlborough makes amazing wine. Yes. Um, but Blenheim is the town 
one of the towns, the big town in Marlborough. So I'm from there, um, 15 minutes out of out of Blenheim. And there's a small company called the Paper Rain Project, and they make T-shirts and longboards, as in the skateboard, as art. So the the longboards are art, and I think actually rideable. They I'm just on their website now. They have some boards that you can ride, and some boards that are, are mounted on the wall as art. So I love their T-shirts, and I have a couple of their T-shirts. They they do they pair with local artists to come up with a, a design, and they attach it to a cause. So I think my first one is about I think two of the ones I've got are about mental health. Uh, mental health T-shirts. They are organic cotton, fair trade, printed locally using environmentally aware methods. Um, so they're really cool art. They're kind of low low print run so they might take this artist design they might do a run of 100 say with with that particular color combination or that particular print on it so they're a really cool wee local company i checked before i said this they ship to australia and they ship worldwide okay. so I'm not, yes i'm on their website I'm not, right now i thought before i said this i should check actually that it's not just for the new zealand listeners it actually is for available to everyone so oh, that's great well thank you so much for spending your afternoon slash evening with me and for no sharing for sharing with us your story about how you got into this and um yeah a little bit of a sneak peek of what's coming through with pen classics in the next uh, couple of months cool thank you very much <laughs> no worries. thank you so that was the interview with renee and um i was actually really excited to hear that he was going to get the sailor ink studio inks in I know, I know. So obviously, uh, Diana and I have had the benefit of getting an insight, a tidbit that um, a certain somewhat <clears throat> Leo may have found a dupe for Bung Box First Love Sapphire. First Love Sapphire Hatsukoi in the new Ink Studios. I'm 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 bound not to reveal the number yet. Oh, I, were you? No. Okay. <laughs> No, but it's one closer to the 700s than it is like the earlier ones. However, there's that one and there's also another one that he's managed to dupe with a, a Sailor Limited Edition one, which is like a tealy colour. And I don't have my phone with me, so I can't actually remember the number. I think it was 743. 743 is the one that I have in my Omas. Ooh. And it's like um, a it's really a teal? dark, no, it's no? like a really dark blurple. Seven, uh, 843, on the other hand, is a teal. That might be the one that I'm thinking about. Sorry, I was way off. It's 464. <laughs> 464, um, which is a teal that's very um, close to a limited edition Sailor ink as well. Other than that, there was one uh, which was a purple, a light purple colour that looks absolutely amazing. It's got a green halo to it. I also really like 743, which is this very dark, like a blurple, dark purple. And um, it's fairly similar to, in the Kobe range, um, Maya Lapis, those really dark, bluey purples. Very nice. But Royal blues. Royal blues, exactly. Okay, that takes us to our recommendation section, which is the section where our hosts recommend things that they like, which may or may not be fountain pen related. Let's, um, I don't know. I'm going to stay off fountain pen related uh, today since we've done a whole episode of uh, recommending fountain pen related. Uh, mine is, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and recommend uh, the album that I made in 2013. Uh, and it is called Words, Work, and Women. 
Shameless self promo plug plug plug. The real, the real shameless. Go and buy it. Yeah, uh, well, it's actually on Bandcamp where the situation is: you pay what you think it deserves. So you pay a hundred dollars for it. <laughs> Christmas bonus. And you can finance my next uh, finance my next pen purchase. Um, side note: uh, what I am thankful for is I managed to sell my decapod. Oh, who's the lucky recipient? Uh, or the it owner? Is, new I owner. believe uh, a gentleman in Philadelphia. Very nice. How could you? Because I'm uh, because I have a Nakaya on the way that uh, Sharon is aware of. Uh, uh, sexy, sexy, yeah, sexy. It is my it is my thirtieth birthday present to myself. Uh, but that's my recommendation. Uh, who wants to go next? Um, so I've gone with an art bent again. So my recommendation is actually for a website called Everyday Original, which sells new pieces of original work from you know current artists and usually in a reasonable price range. So if you're looking for artwork that's on the reasonable side and they've got a lot of variety you can go there and pick up something original for yourself or someone else Sharon I think we're going around the table so what have you got to recommend so one is looking at me right now uh, Hayes Chocolate has always been a favourite of mine and they come out with their top 10 best sellers every single year and the the milk chocolate with honeycomb is always on top of the list and I happen to love it. There's a block there for anyone who actually wants I some. Want There's been a block here the entire recording, but no one seems to have helped well, themselves. It wasn't it's, on the table. It's, under, it's under the blueberries. It's behind the laptop, so I can't reach for it without <laughs> risking breaking your champagne glass. Um, so, yes, Hayes Chocolate, um, they originated out of South Australia, and they do some fantastic Aussie chocolate, absolutely the best. Oh my gosh, Brian, you are completely shameless with how large a slice you've got. Um, so Hayes Chocolate, especially the milk chocolate and honeycomb one, I think they ship worldwide uh, from hayeschocolate.com.au. These are really Absolutely good. fantastic. And to match with it, the House of Aris just released. House of Aris, which is a Tasmanian um, sparkling wine producer, has just released their Grand Vintage 2008 which is not what we're drinking right now, but we will crack open a bottle. They've just released their Grand Vintage 2008, which has been, um, yeah, as the name suggests, comes from 2008, is an absolute great pairing with the chocolate. One of the best Australian sparkling wines, I think. I think probably the best that I've tried. Okay, I'm going to go um, next quickly. So this one, it's time I actually prepared a recommendation. This is being recorded in late November. We are heading into summer in Australia, um, which is also bushfire season. And if you're in the US, you probably already know that um, large parts of California are um, devastated right now by bushfires as well. In New South Wales, we have an organisation which is volunteer-based that is responsible for firefighting in most of the rural areas. It's called the New South Wales Rural Fire Service. Um, they do really good work. Um, and I think we are lucky to have them. They have over 70,000 volunteer members across New South Wales. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, Sebastian um, is giving us the eyes. He's being he wants so to be, cute. He wants to be let off the leash. He wants to be loved. We're going to finish quickly. So you can support your local rural fire service by donating directly to them on their website, which we will link to. You can also sponsor them or support them through raffles, which are held by the New South Wales 
uh, Rural Fire Service Association, which looks after all its members. And you can just become more aware, I think. Um, educate yourself on what they do, um, how you can support them, appreciate them a little bit more because um, what they do is really dangerous. I think as you can see by what's happening in California right now, we are in, we live in a state that has been in drought, I think, for quite a long time. Areas which are really, really uh, susceptible to bushfires and we're heading into real danger zone. So um, really support what they do, make sure that they're well kitted, well trained um, and that they're in the best um, state that they can be to protect us all. Look after the people who look after us. <laughs> um, so there is a, one of my other hobbies I'm not usually a sporty person, but this one is actually fun. A rock climbing place at St. Peter's. It's called um, St. Peter's uh, Indoor Climbing Gym. So if you got the time, then do go there. It's a huge indoors gym with a huge number of um, climbing walls. Great and place. Used to be my regular. Is it? Yeah, it used to be when I, when oh, I was when I was doing. Why doesn't come again? I always um, go there once a week. My now. best friend moved to Japan, and he was the guy I did it with. And yeah, um, they have a huge bouldering area. Yeah, now, no, so. I, I I would frequently go there. Yeah. But um, good spot, good recommendation. Um, okay, well that's uh, all of us for today. I'd like to thank uh, everybody for joining us. Um, I don't think anyone's going anywhere just yet. But um, uh, thank you, uh, Melissa, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, thank you. So much fun. Uh, thank you for letting us your place once again, Sharon. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, Diana. Thanks, Chuck. All right, uh, my name is Chuck Montano. And uh, once again, listeners, until next time, ink well. Future episodes of this podcast can be found at thenibsection.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hop onto iTunes, rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends. Want to share your thoughts, suggestions, or feedback? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thenibsection at gmail.com. You can also comment at us on the Nib Section Facebook page or at the Nib Section on Twitter and Instagram. The Nib Section is the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Our producers this episode were Chuck Montano, Sharon Zai, and Diana Zai. Special thanks to Renee Verste. Is that it? Yes. Sure. Special thanks to Renee Verste. Recording and editing was done by Sharon Zai and Diana Zai. Our music was composed by Michael Pierce. Our logo was designed by Will H. Smith with artwork by Melissa Graff. Thank you for